Welcome back to One Bourbon, One Scotch, Two Beards, episode 23. Big 2-3. Mm, two, big 2-3. Two, big Michael Jordan. Michael big, Jordan. Big LeBron James. Pass. Okay. My name is Daniel, and I'm joined by my buddy Ryan. Hello. And this is, of course, a matter of opinion podcast. Where your opinion doesn't matter, but we're still going to talk about it. <laughs> and then we'll talk shit about it afterwards. Yeah. And that opinion about that won't matter eh, either. No, so nothing really matters It just matters goes on. Here. It's a revolving door. Our topic today is cover songs. But before we get into that, Ryan. Yes, sir. What the hell are we drinking? Today, we have from 50 West Burger Bar. Interesting. Um, out of Cincinnati, Ohio, we have their hard lemonade. It says, stretching across the country, U.S. Route 50 passes through 12 states from Ocean City, Maryland to Sacramento, California. It's our pleasure at the 50 West Burger Bar to serve you your serve you taste of Americana from the fabled road trip. 7605 Route 50, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45227 is the zip code. Learn more at 50westbrew.com. I like a little side here. Roll with the good times. Yeah, I like that too at the little uh, crack mini, mini motorhome. Ooh, right off the bat, that smells good. Mm. Looks like lemonade or panther piss. What would make panther piss any different than any other piss? The... Tenaciousness of the piss. I couldn't get the word tenacious out. Oh, yeah. It smells good. Looks like a lemonade. It really does. Tastes like one, too. Yeah. All right. So, it's been a while since we've recorded. Yes, sir. Everybody's been busy. Yep. Things going on. Yes, sir. Hard to find the right time to do it. Absolutely. But we're back today. Good deal. On a different day. Different day. Um, uh, what what have we been up to? Oh, man, I've been staying busy. We uh, had country concert a couple weekends ago, or weekends ago, two weeks ago. Seeing old Tim McGraw. Is he pretty good live? He was really good live. I thought he was really good. Um, he had a little trouble, I think, with his sound system. Like he, uh, his piano player, who just turned 17. Had the birth of his first child, so he was not with him. Um, Wait, his piano player, 17? Yeah. And then had a child. And then had a child. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. His piano player gave birth right on stage. Talk about a hell of a show, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so he was playing with a tracked piano, so I think I was kind of throwing him off a little bit. But overall, dude looks good. Great shape. I mean, you know, good looking Tim McGraw, man. All those older women were losing their minds for him. Um, He'd be a guy that I would like to see live. He was good. Out of country music. He was good. Uh, John Party. uh, Warren Zeters. That's a name to watch. Uh, I didn't know who that was. Andrew actually turned me on to him. And got to see him at country concert. And he was probably my favorite of the day. Okay. I really liked him. Um had a, had a really good time. Had a little bit to drink. Uh, bring your own cooler in, so that's always dangerous. And then Amber decided to sneak the old Kong bong in on me. Oh, really? Yeah. So we, uh, me, me, Jacob, Jenna, Steph, all did a uh, Kong bong. Couple of them actually. I did that what two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's gonna be my last one ever. <laughs> Right when I got it, yeah. Oh, man. And then, uh, yeah, just been camping. Doing some camping, some turtle trapping. You definitely ain't no lover of the Ninja Turtles, are you? I love the Ninja Turtles. but What would sna- they think of you now? But the Snapping Turtles, man. I just can't get down with them. That was one of those guys. That was uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, remember yeah. Rocksteady. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, oh. that's what I've been up to. What about you? Uh, Nothing like extravagant like i um i finally went out and got a pc yes i sent you the picture of that the raven pc oh yeah dude i can change the colors on that thing i can change the colors on my mouse pad i can change the colors on my desk 
Like everything's flat. Even the speakers have colors in them. That's funny. And uh, it's kind of distracting if you're playing a certain game. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it is really cool looking. It makes it look kind of high tech. But uh, right when I bought my PC, I realized Steam. I don't know if you've heard of Steam. It's like an, it sells online games for PCs. Okay. And uh, they had their summer sale, which always good prices. And I bought 30 games. Okay. Some of these games I paid like a dollar fifty for, <laughs> Like Half-Life 2 and like Star Wars games. Sure. I got like 12 Star Wars games for like 10 bucks. That's crazy. So um, put a lot of time and effort of that over my shutdown. Uh, downloaded a game called Mortuary Assistant. Oh, yeah, nice. Dude, scared the shit out of me. Had me cussing constantly because I'm sitting there playing it in the dark. Megan's in bed. And, you, of course, you play the mortuary assistant, but you're at the mortuary by yourself. And all these weird things happen. And it's like perfect scares. It's not normal jump scares. It's like you're sitting there working on the body and you'll look up out the window. And all of a sudden you'll see someone's head and it'll be gone. Or you look up on a shelf and there'll be like a demon up there. And you, of course, you jump and scream before you know it's gone. Or you look into the corner and there's another, like, dark spirit with, like, red eyes looking at you. <laughs> Dude, it scared the shit out of me. But that was a lot of fun. And um, I beat uh, my first game for the PC the other day, System Shock, the remake of that game. It came out in, like, 94. And it's in the it's a futuristic, and you play, like, a, uh, a hacker on a space station where the AI that controls the whole space station went rogue, kind of like a Terminator. Okay. And decides to try to kill everybody on there and make them into, like, machines and cyborgs and is gearing to attack Earth and, like, you're just trying to stop her. Sure. Pretty good game. Um, I put, like, 30 hours into it. I took my time. But um, I do have a rating for that. I give that a 3.75 out of 5. Good deal. So I definitely, definitely recommend that. We went and watched the new Insidious. And in my opinion, it was better than the last two. Okay. And uh, was a decent. It's decent because it's like a continuation of the first two. I don't know if you've seen all the Insidiouses or not. Parts of them. Yeah, I've never said I've actually watched the full thing. But it was like an ending to the first two. Um, it was mostly filled with jump scares, but I'll take what I can get with horror films, you know. Um, I gave that a three out of five. Okay. When did that come out? Just this year. Okay. Oh, wait. I, of course, just this year. It just came out in theaters. Maybe. When did we go see? We see I started seeing it during my shutdowns when it opened. Okay. So, earlier this month. I was thinking it just came out like this week. And then last. Because I've been seeing previews for it for like. It's not crazy. bad. It's worth a watch, but it's like a forgettable movie though. Okay. That and, one and then that Freedom, Sound of Freedom. I want to see that one. I that, do too. That looks pretty good. I want to see the new Indiana Jones, but I'm kind of over spending two and a half hours in the theater. I like to be able to watch it at home so I can pause it, use the restroom, mm-hmm. get drinks and stuff. So I'm going to wait for that. Um, same with the new Mission Impossible. I haven't been to the movie theater since their last Bad Boys movie. That's been a while, dude. Yeah. Uh, we watched last night... The Super Mario movie. Oh, yeah. Was it good? Fantastic. I had a blast with it, dude. I was con- I constantly caught myself with a big smile on my face. Just like cracking up. I'm like, all right, this looks stupid. I got to stop doing that. You know? Mm-hmm. But Megan had a blast with it, too. But I definitely recommend that. <sighs> I hate to give movies 5 out of 5, so 4.75 out of 5. Okay. Definitely worth a watch. But other than that, that's all I have been up to. So, if we got nothing else to talk about at this second, let's go ahead and get into our topic. All right. Okay, so we each have five songs, correct? Yes. And what we are going to do is name a song and then name the band that covered it. We're going to talk a little bit about both songs and ultimately decide if the cover is better than the original. Yes. So, Ryan, why don't you name your first one? All right. Now, now these songs are, these are just the ones that came to the top of my head. Like, there's a ton out there that I've overlooked. Absolutely. I'm not saying these are the best covers ever. These are just the ones that came to my head when I was doing the notes. I just did the top five that I really, like, like, and they cut, like they were first, like, thought to me. Like, hey, like, when I'm thinking cover songs, like, that's what my brain goes to. Um, and, again, like, this is another episode. Like, we, we can make multiple episodes about this. Like, yeah. Um, I'm going to kick it off with a very classic song. But it's one of my favorite covers. Simple Man by Leonard Skinner, covered by Shinedown. <laughs> 
Great, great, great. Both of them. Great songs. Um, I just, I was never a big, like, huge Leonard Skinner fan. You know, I, um, I love Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah. And then as I got a little bit older, I got into him a little bit more, kind of got, got a little more respect and, and a little more appreciation, if you will, for Leonard Skinner over the last couple of years. And um, I really think that that song was well-written. It was a very well-written song for the time and everything like that. And it hits home for so many people for so many different things. Um, but the first time that I ever heard Shinedown's version of it, I'm like, yeah, that that blew me away. Like, I can just remember being like, fuck, that was good. Like, that was really good. Those vocals and stuff were on par. Um, he, Brent Smith, is probably one of the most underrated frontmen in modern day rock and roll, in my opinion. Um, and I can remember the first time that I heard that song live was at um, Rock on the Range. It was the last one that me and my dad went to um, together. And we were struggling to find a seat because it started raining on us a little bit. And we got that like upper upper deck in the historic crew stadium. Um got a perfect spot and everybody lit that bitch up with their lighters and their cell phones and everything. And just in that moment, like you got goosebumps and I'll never, ever forget that. Um, I struggle to say that it's better than the original, but in my opinion, I'm going to say it's better than the original. Um, that's, that's a tough one. That's, that's to me like the Godfather and Godfather two. Yeah. Like, um, The Godfather 2 complimented the first one so well. Mm-hmm. I'm partial towards the original just because I'm, I'm a big Leonard Skinner fan. Sure. I mean, I like Shinedown, don't get me wrong, but yeah, that cover was really, really good. Um, My first one, this is a song that I haven't heard in a while until recently, but it's one that I can't get out of my head. It's The original was Johnny Be Good by... Okay. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. 1958. Okay. Judas Priest covered it in 1988. Yeah. For the uh, movie Johnny Be Good, which I've never seen. Um, I Judas Priest is a band that I liked as a kid, but mostly because of like Vice City. Sure. But then became a, a bigger fan of it the older I got. And I just went through all their songs, being at work and stuff, and sure. constantly listened to it. And I remember listening to this. I'm like, wait, this is a cover. This is great. This this is really good. Like, they were able to stretch that song out and add, like, heavier electronic like, guitar to it. And, like, it just is a fantastic cover. And it's just, you find yourself, they, they, they do the chorus a little bit different, but it's so, like, complimentary, like, to the original. Like, it's just so much fun. Ron Halford, man. I can't say enough good things about that guy as a lead singer. Um, Fantastic guy, yeah. I've got. I've been fortunate enough to see Judas Priest twice. And the first time, I felt really bad because I felt like the crowd abandoned him. Like, they left early. And I was like, you're missing a hell of a show. And um, the second time I seen him, he was just as good... He was, might have been better than the first time I seen him vocally. Um, seen him at Rock on the Range the one year, and then I seen him at Louder Than Life a couple years ago. And um, Ron Halford is the real deal when it comes to vocals. You know, I seen his book at um, Barnes Noble. Yeah, I was almost bought it. I kind of wish I did. I might go back and buy it and read that. Um, he's a, he's a really really interesting guy. Yes. Yeah. And, like, you know, they had that whole thing with the satanic panic and all that shit. Oh, yeah. You know, the other day I wore, uh, it's been a while, but I wore my uh, British Steel t-shirt we got, I got in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, was, that's definitely a good song. Um, that, that'd probably be in my top five all-time covers. Really? Yeah. yeah I, that's how much I love that. What do you got? Next for me is definitely a song I grew up loving and I still love to this day. Anytime I hear it, it goes up a, ma- a matter of four to five uh, volume turns on the old uh, radio dial. Is Lake of Fire, which was done by the Meat Puppets. And Nirvana covered it on their 1994 performance of MTV Unplugged. 
the quirky lyrics, but yet like they had like a, they were kind of quirky, but they had like a deep meaning to them in a way. And then it felt like it was meant for Co- Kurt Cobain, Cobain Kirkle, Co- Cobain Kirkle, uh, Cocaine Kurt. Yeah, Cobain Kurt. Um, Heroin Kurt, my bad. Uh, Kurt Cobain. It was like it was meant for him to sing that song. Like he nailed that song. Um, I just feel like he put his own kind of like spin on it. That kind of raspy, like uh, Kurt Cobain. Can't talk tonight. Kurt Cobain voice. Um, it's got a lot had. of in this yeah. name, you know. Yeah. Um. He just had that that voice, like that distinctive. He kind of had like a, like a, I, the term that comes to mind is grungy, even though he's grunge. Grungy, right? yeah, yeah. But like he just had like that raspiness to he, his voice. All those guys, if you think about it, like all those quote unquote grunge alternative guys, Cobain, Staley. Uh, Cornell, they all had that Eddie Vedder. They all had that very distinct, again, grungy voice. Like, but it's funny that they all had that distinct voice, but they were so distinct from each other. Yes. Very, like, very much so. Like Lane Staley, like I'd say of all of them, sounds more similar to Kurt Cobain than, yeah. you know. Yeah. Both the depressive almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? You know, I'm not a big Nirvana guy, mm-hmm. but I do like that song. I don't have really much experience with the original, but that would probably be one of the Nirvana songs that I would not turn. Yeah. Like, I do like that song. That's a good choice. All right. My, What's next for you? My next one is, now, this original was by a band that was another one that kind of grew on me. I'm still not the biggest fan of them, but they grew on me, but it's. Behind Blue Eyes. Oh, yeah. By The Who in 1971. Yeah. Um, Lit Biscuit covered it in 2003. The cover was painted. Uh, just one of those days. <laughs> uh, so the cover was panned by Rolling Stone magazine readers who named it the second worst cover song of all time. Really? Yeah. Like, that really shocked me when I read that. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Who fan, and I feel like Limp Biscuit took that song and put more, like, a depressive emotion behind it. Like, it literally makes... It gave me, like, the... Not the exact same feeling, but somewhere along the lines of Hurt. Yeah. Which would have been a good another good cover. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just... It's one of those songs that you just you can grab a beer or whatever. You're just hanging out and just slowly nod your head to yep. and just sing along with it. Make you think back, you know, make, just make you think. It's one that makes you think. Anytime I hear Limp Biscuit, it's hard for me not to go back to like the old WWF pay-per-views yeah. and stuff. They use so much Limp Biscuit. Right. Like it was like it was meant for that stuff. Like Dead Man Walking. <laughs> Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> you remember that video, that TikTok I seen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Fred Durst, you would not think he had that, those kind of vocals. Right. But that song really showed that, honestly, he could sing. Yeah. He really could sing. There's a lot of guys like that that there, there's don't a lot. get there just do as, like, singers. Like, you know, oh, he's a screamer. Oh, he's a... Corey Taylor. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, like, you know, now everyone's more aware, but, you know, people were shocked to know that, you know, he's the lead singer Stone Sour because yeah. they had some good songs. Like, you know, that's the same people, you know, but it just, I, uh, I'm, I'm always impressed with people who can have clean vocals and screaming vocals. Look at T-Pain. I don't know nothing about him. I, I thought I played that for you. You may have. Um, but I don't know, like he can sing, like people think that he's all auto tune and like everything he does is just, uh, tune, you know, tuned up because of his auto tune and he's changing his voice. And then he did like a live performance where he just sang and he can fucking sing. See, I don't listen he, to like hip hop. He sung, uh, he just put out like an EP and he did, um, don't stop believing. Okay. He did, um, ah, let me look it up real quick. But I hear a lot of people say that's what a lot of like hip hop is now, and like rap music is a it's, lot of auto tune. There's a lot of crappy like rap music, especially right now. 
I feel like is in probably the worst state it's been for a while. In my in my opinion, that's just me. Okay. Let's see. Did Don't Stop Believing, Tennessee Whiskey, War Pigs. War Pigs? Yeah. Behind Share the Night Together, I think was his own. But, but yeah, he was just, and it was him just like pretty much just singing. Makes you wonder why, like, hey, why don't you do this more, more often? More often, yeah. But hey, the auto-tune sells, right? 100%, if you do it right. I do want to mention Behind Blue Eyes was also, the first time I heard it was because I watched the movie Gothica. Oh, yeah, Gothica. Terrible movie. Halle Berry. Yeah, I did not yeah. like that movie, but I remember being in my mom's apartment in Magnetic next to Heine's, mm-hmm. and I watched that. Getting some like, Heine at Heine's, huh? Dude, you know what's crazy? I used to eat food from there. Oh. It's no wonder why it turned out so fucked up. <laughs> did you drink the water? Well, let's just say I have no polio. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Ugh, oh, get condemned the, they condemned the damn place. Yeah, we tried to go get a drink there the one day. Remember that? Yeah, so is there? have you heard anything about it? No, I just heard that it's no longer there. Why don't they just tear it down? Because I'm going to buy it one day. Dude, you should. I'm going to buy it and turn it into a multi-million dollar strip club. Well, I mean... I guess you I'm going to bring some, some money back to Magnetic. I guess you can find some women around here. <laughs> What's a 20? <laughs> uh, your turn. All right. My next song is Give Me One Reason, originally done by Tracy Chapman. And the cover was Blackstone Cherry. And it's a relatively brand new cover. Uh, I think it was on their most recent album. And he just, I love Blackstone Cherry. I've been a fan of them since their debut album. I remember you listened to them a lot. Oh, man, they're so good. And they're, they're still so good. I think, I think they're playing Popcorn Festival this year. No way. Yeah. That'd be fun, man. You ever been to the Popcorn Festival? Uh-uh. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad time. I'd go and get some booze and watch some Blackstone yeah. Cherry. Yeah. I think, I'm, don't quote me, but I'm like 95% sure. Hell, I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, dude. Uh, that'd be really fun. Uh, when is that? I want to say September. Okay. But. Yeah, we just seen them at uh, Sonic Temple this year. I've seen them. Then I see them one You've seen them with us, yeah. Yeah. I, I have nothing against them. Like, they're pretty good. They're I, so good. They, they have a distinct sound to them. Very distinct sound. Um, the guitar and everything like that that they bring into it uh, just changes the whole dynamic of a kind of a slower song. I. I believe that uh, the original song by Tracy Chapman is Kaylin Andrews' song. I don't know if I've ever heard this song. I think you would. You would know it. Okay. Uh, she also does the Fast Car song. Fast Cars. Uh, fast Car. I've got a fast car. It's big right now because Luke Combs did a cover of it. I, I probably do. He's actually made it more popular than the original. So Tracy Chapman is a woman? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, so I have the lineup here. Um, Thursday, September 7th, <laughs> the opening act is Almost Chili Peppers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert experience. Oh, man. And the headliner for Thursday is Old School, which is like oh, yeah. three white guys oh, and a black old guy. Old School, I've seen them. Uh, oh, I haven't seen them, but I've seen them around. Like. So they're playing Thursday at 830. Oh, yeah. Friday, oops, sorry. Friday, the, the opening act is... To be announced, but the headliner is Colin Ray. Never. Country artist. Um, the opening act for Saturday is to be announced, but Saturday is Blackstone Cherry. Fuck yeah. 8.30. What time was that? Or what day? Saturday, September 9th. Ooh, I heard you hear that. that? Yeah. yeah. But it's a free concert, so hmm. grab some. They've got like vendors down there for food and stuff. I went the first year I went to the popcorn festival was 2014, and uh, I seen Night Ranger. Oh yeah, Night Ranger! Fantastic show, fantastic show. Then the following year I went and we seen. I think I want to say it was Warrant. Got so drunk. I remember you telling me that. Why'd we watch 
Oh or, yeah, because we were you were going to meet up with the dude from uh, Smokehouse. Yeah, but maybe yeah yeah I remember that. <laughs> but I, uh, I if I if I would have, and I've been in the state that I was in, I probably would have knocked him out. <laughs> I got so drunk that we left after like two songs. It was ridiculous. Not my proudest moment, but. Is there anything else you want to add to that song? I could just see you standing there. Play Cherry Pie! Oh, God! <laughs> Come on, play Cherry Pie! I am not going to lie. That is on the list of songs I wish I'd never hear again. Uh, I hate that song, dude. Why? I don't know. I just don't like it. It's it's what Warren's known for, but Warren has so many more better songs than that. That's their one hit? Even No, they had a couple of hits. No, that was their one hit. But uh, Warren, like, I forget their lead singer, like... He came out and said, like, I would shoot myself in the head for writing that song because it was pushed by uh, the label and stuff. Like, they did not want that on that album. He hates that that's what they're known for. All right. I bet he doesn't hate the money that it made him. You know, probably not. I would definitely want the money, too. But if you're being, like, super artistic and taking your music, like, super serious, you may want to be known for more than just the one song. Yeah. But, like, I just don't like that. So I don't know how you feel about it. All right, I give it or take. Like, I, my thing is, that the thing about that song is, I want to know how many times in a year that song gets played at a strip club. And then he would get royalties for that. He probably gets royalties. Oh, he's making money. Because, you know, hair metal is, like, the most popular... Stuff for like strip clubs. Oh, fuck yeah. You play girls, Motley Girl. Motley Girl. Motley Girl. You say girl. Oh, dude, Motley Girl. The cover band. But yeah, like Motley Crue, Poison, you know. One, two, three, Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac. One, two, oh, three. Big Mac. One, two, oh, three. Kickstart my heart. God, he sounds awful there. I just did him justice. All right, my next one is, and it's a pretty popular song. Came out in two thousand fifteen, but the original was "The Sound of Silence." Okay, by Simon and Garfunkel, nineteen sixty four. Disturbed covered it in twenty fifteen. In twenty sixteen, Paul Simon endorsed the cover, um, and said that it was a really powerful performance. First time I'd seen them do it live, and then like. Um, what was the lead singer of Disturbed's name? David Draymond. Draymond, yeah. He said that he was honored to sing that song and really, like, you know, appreciated the compliment. And it's just another one of those songs that, along with, like, The Who, you knew he could sing anyway. Mm-hmm. But he made it to, like, a almost haunting is the word I think of. Mm-hmm. It sounds haunting. Like, it just echoes. And it... Really, if you stop and listen to the lyrics and the way he sings them, it just really gets you kind of like emotional, like makes you open your eyes. I liked it the first couple times I heard it, and then it was just overplayed for me. It's probably one of the more overplayed ones. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most played cover songs, and it just kind of burned out on me. But the first couple times I heard it, I'm like, damn, man. Like, like you said, it's kind of eerie. Like, he does it kind of eerie. And Simon and Garfunkel was a little eerie with it. It, it is an eerie song, time, yeah. For the time. Well, Bubba Flex did a cover of it. Yes, I, I heard I, that. That's I pretty good, that too. pretty fucking good. That's pretty good. I forgot all about that. Um, But we all knew, like, he had a voice to begin with anyway. So, like, this is not a shock like Fred Durst. Right. You knew he could sing anyway, so yeah. But he definitely, they definitely did that song justice for sure. Even Megan liked it and stuff, and you know, Disturbed not her type of music, but absolutely. You're up. I'm gonna go with Holy Diver by Ronnie James Dio, covered by Killswitch Engage. One of my all-time favorite bands. That they so his voice, um, which one? It was the original lead singer that did it. Oh, Howard Jones. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had the original cover of it. Yeah, he was the he was with the band when they did. Yeah, it. so it's he, he's not their original lead singer because their original singer is back with them now. Right. But Howard Jones is the one that did I the I think of Howard Jones is like the guy that put him on the map. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like Howard Jones is a like fantastic. Light the torch. Yes. Light the torch is great. Yes. Um, but anyways, um, Ronnie James Dio has a incredible voice. One of the best voices in rock and roll, in my opinion. Um, the rock and roll troll, as my dad called him. But Howard Jones's voice on this song was probably the closest thing you could get to like a more heavy Ronnie James Dio, in my opinion. Like he brought it to like a next like heavier. Ronnie James Dio put like an opera tone on it. I was getting ready to say opera. Ronnie yeah. James Dio had like an opera voice, yeah. and he projected that into heavy metal. And I can't say enough good things about that. If you love opera music, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Dio had an operetta going at times, and Howard Jones wasn't an opera singer. But he's a heavy metal singer. And for him to get that tone to match up with what Dio did in that song was fantastic. And then the guitar, like that heavy metal guitar that they kind of added to it. Because you didn't have that in the original. Like it wasn't a very like powerful guitar. Kill Switch Engage added a very powerful guitar solo in there. The, that upped the version of the guitar solo that Dio did. Um, not Dio himself, but his band. Um, and forgive me, I can't think of the name of the guitar player for Dio. Um, I think that the original is probably still the best, but damn, that's another one that's like on par with the original version. Um, I'm going to go with the original too, although I do love that song. I love Kill Switch Engage. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, Dio, Dio is a really good band. He was a very fantastic singer. And I'm, you're right, he had that opera-esque type of voice. Which, if you're into that kind of music, Striper is the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Striper's good. But um, Howard Jones has like a real deep, like a like a deep opera kind of voice. Mm-hmm. Like he can carry a note for a while. Like a, a you know, it definitely did it justice for sure. Yeah, I, I like I like both those songs. Absolutely. Um, but speaking of Kill Switch, I know not this past album, but the album before, I forget what song it was, but Howard Jones back, came back and did a song with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Good song, but. All right. My next one is I've never heard the original. Never heard the original, but it cannot be better than this cover. But it's Love Hurts. By Budo Bryant in 1960. Nazareth covered it in 1974. Mm. This version is the most popular version of the song and the only rendition of Love Hurts to become a hit single in the United States. Now, Love Hurts is, I know all the lyrics to this song. I've sung it so many times, as cheesy as that is, but that's a, I feel like that's a staple to listen to when you get your heart broken. Real quick, the Signal Fire. Signal Fire, yeah. Good song. But I feel like Love Hurts is the staple. Oh, yeah. Or that one song, uh, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost with, you know. But Love Hurts was, it's a song that your heart's broken, but it was still kind of cool to listen to. Mm -hmm. And Nazareth, Nazareth is a band that I don't think gets enough credit, man. I've seen Nazareth. Have you really? Yeah, they open for Deep Purple. Now, see, that's a good combination. See, that was good. At the I, Ohio State Fair. I think I like Nazareth more than I do Deep Purple. I'm the other way, but I, I can see why you do. Like, I think I, either one of those guys could have been flipped. Yeah. Both had, you know. I'd say Deep Purple was a little more like. More known, you think? Yeah, definitely. They've had a couple more big, like. I, I can probably name two or three Nazareth songs off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, Nazareth is a band I always felt like kind of flew under the radar. Because, you know, 70s rock, it's good music. Yep. But Nazareth does not get enough credit. And Love Hurts, that's, I mean, I know it's not the original, but that's their song, man. Yeah. That is their song. 100%. You, heard, you hear it in movies, like I just heard it when I watched Detroit Rock City the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just good music, man. Fucking uh, good guitar. The other, good uh, guitar. Oh, wow. Hair of the dog. 
Mario I'm messing with the son, son of a bitch. Or when I was a kid, I, my dad always sang it as, Now you're messing with a sub sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good song. Good old dad. Absolutely love that song. I think Love Hurts, the Nazareth cover, is probably top 20 songs of all time for me. Really? Yeah, for sure. And then they released an album when we were in high school. And I remember listening to it like several times, and it was still good music. So, we got one more to go. One more. All right. What do you got? A song that you're very, very familiar with. I have for you my last song, and I saved it for last. Iris. By the Goo Goo Dolls. And it was covered by Diamante and Breaking Benjamin. Okay. You ever heard it? I think I have, actually. Um, that came off that album. Uh, what was it? Uh, Dizzy, the, Dizzy Up the Dizzy Girl. Dizzy Up the Girl, yeah. Um, and that also had what slide? Black uh, Balloon, Broadway. Uh, Eyes on Me. Acoustic number three. Acoustic number three, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. All uh, eyes on me, yeah. The Goo Goo Dolls, to me, are like a guilty pleasure band for me. Yeah. Um, I like them a lot, especially like certain moods. Like, you can turn the Goo Goo Dolls on, it's just like there. Like, it just takes you back, and you're just like there. Um, and that's a band that I have never seen live, that you've you've seen few multiple time. times. A few times, yeah. yeah. Fantastic Fantastic show, for sure. But the cover uh, by Breaking Benjamin and Diamante, it's a very powerful dynamic. She has a soft but strong voice. And then you just have Ben Burnley's, uh, you know, his range of voice. Like, he can change that range so well um, that they make it their own. It's definitely not better than the original by any means. But I'm not. it's not... Not trying to be the original either, so I appreciate that. Kind of like complimenting it. Yeah. And then you still get that, like, essence of um, the original song in there, but they make it their own to where it's their own thing. And I respect that. Like, I don't, especially, like, live, if I go see a band live and they're doing some cover songs, I don't want it to sound exactly like the original. Because then, to me, you're just, you're, you're trying to knock it off. Like if you sound, have the sound down and you change it up just a little bit, or you have a different vocal range or you do it in a different way. I love it. I respect it. Just add something to it. Add something Nobody to wants it. the same thing over. Just or add take something, something away it. from it. Like, right. I mean, that works sometimes too, but yeah, I really like that song. You know, I'm a, uh, again, I'm a big Google dolls fan. I was, I don't listen to them as much now, but I still listen to them. Just not as much. So when I was doing my research, I was looking, and they just put out a new song. Which one? Um, it's literally like just came out. I know they just recently released an album. I don't know a whole lot about that one. Let me go back here. Their last album was, I think, before this was Miracle Pill. But the interesting fact. June 23rd, Run All Night. Okay. Interesting fact in my head. Off, off the top of my head from um, Iris was I think Billboard named it the number one song of the 1990s. I could see that. Yeah, like, let's see, Iris. In October 2012, Iris was ranked the number one, was ranked number one on Billboard's top 100 pop songs from... Actually, 1992 to 2012. Okay. So 20 years, it was named number one. You know, speaking of uh, um, covers, on uh, they did a cover of Give a Little Bit. Really? And that was really good, too. All right. Okay, my last one is a little bit different than the rest of these songs. But... You can't talk about covers without talking probably about the best cover of all time. 
And it's almost arguably like he, it's almost unanimously like number one. I will always love you, by Dolly Parton. Okay. Covered by Whitney Houston. Oh my God. Um, definitely a fantastic cover. I do not care much for Dolly Parton. I don't care much for Whitney Houston. I am not a big Dolly Parton fan, but Whitney Houston, that's the one I do like. She has some good songs. Um, definitely has. Bobby Brown should have finished the job. Definitely. Uh, Wrong person. No, you're right. No. But one of my favorite. Um, I was just that was a joke. Like I'm just joking. Like if people don't know my sense of humor. I would say that Whitney Houston probably has one of the best voices of any female ever. Um, she did that song for the soundtrack for The Bodyguard. It was her first movie. Yeah, I remember that. That's not a bad movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't remember it being too bad. Um, the single spent 14 weeks on top of the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It ended up surpassing another huge favorite of mine. Um, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Brian okay. Adams. Brian Adams. Another Kevin Costner movie that was for Robin Hood. But I think this song showed... Just how far, because, you know, Whitney Houston is really known for, like, her poppier hits and stuff like that. But this song right here showed just how far her voice could go. You know what I mean? Yes. Now, I have an interesting fact here. Only a few hours after her death on February 11, 2012, I Will Always Love You topped the U.S. iTunes charts. iTunes charts. Also, in the following week of her death, the single returned to the Billboard Top 100 after almost 20 years. It's crazy what somebody dying will do for their yeah. music. Like It debuted at number seven after she died on the Billboard Hot 100. That's crazy. It was her first top 10 single since 2001. But I, I, I really, I've always liked that song. Do not care much for the original. Like I said, I'm not a Dolly Parton fan. Jolene. I'm, my mom and my grandma are big Dolly Parton fans. And my mom likes the Whitney Houston cover, but not as good as Dolly Parton. But my grandma hates the Whitney Houston cover. Grandma's right. No, dude, not even Grandma's close. right. One of the best covers of all time. Probably I'm, the best I'm cover. Just the, uh, no. Probably no, the best no, cover no, of all time. No. 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 Fantastic song. You don't what, what what do you have against Whitney Houston? I just don't she's whiny to me. Whiny when? What? Like just her voice just comes off whiny to me. Wow, oh, dude, she's fantastic. No. Fantastic. Next you're gonna tell me you like Janet Jackson. I don't really know much about her. Oh, you know a lot about Janet Jackson. I know what one of her boobs looks like. Well yeah, you ordered it on pay per view. No, it was free on TV. Oh. <laughs> Uh, okay, so those were some covers that we had. Um, obviously, this there's so many more out there, and a lot more came to my mind. Absolutely, as we were talking. As too. we were talking, so I wouldn't mind doing a sequel to this. Absolutely. But that's another episode. Since we're done with our topic here, let's get into some random-ass facts. Hit me with them. All right, it is time for some random-ass facts that you might find hard to believe. Number one. The world wastes about 1 billion metric tons of food each year. And it's funny because i just seen a TikTok of Walmart with carts and carts and carts of like produce and meat and stuff that they're getting ready to throw away. Oh, really? I, now, there's people saying that, yeah, their freezer went down and they can't give that food to the homeless because it's not safe. But the food looked pretty good to me. But I just, it's, it's depressing to see that, though. I remember Megan, when she worked at um, Applebee's, said that whatever steaks they didn't use, they would throw away. Really? Completely good steaks they'd throw away at a certain point. And it just bothers me for some reason. Like, it's, it's just wasteful, you know? Very much so. And number two, talk about a random-ass fact. Rabbits cannot puke. Rabbits? Rabbits. Rabbits. Rabbits, like bunny rabbits. Oh. Their digestive system only goes one way. So the furry critters swallow plenty of roughage. Roughage? Roughage? I don't know. Roughage. Which keeps things moving in the right direction. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shit, rabbit, shit. So, basically, you can get a rabbit drunk. 
with endless supply of alcohol and it will never throw up. And it'll never throw up. It'll just shit itself to death. Would you rather throw your... Oh, oh my God. That would been a good rather... Would you rather question? Would you rather throw up until you die or shit until you die? I've come close to both, I think. <laughs> no, you have not. Until you eat the one chip challenge. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to get something else for you. I paid $10 for that chip. I think that was $10 well spent. Put you out of commission. Not really. I mean, for a night. No, no, you handled it very well. It put me out. It for fucked a night. up your insides, but you handled it very well. I was gonna say a night and a half, probably. But uh, I didn't feel normal until about two o'clock the next day. I think I'm gonna get you one like one of those devil like suckers or something. It's like Satan's sack or some shit. <laughs> Satan's, Satan's balls. Toe. Satan's taint or something. <laughs> <laughs> give it to you. I think you've already had a little bit of the Satan thing, haven't you? I couldn't handle it, dude. <laughs> couldn't handle it. A little too spicy for you. All right, let's get into some trivia. Right. All right. You got any trivia for me? I do. I got two questions for you. Okay. Which country artist threw javelin while attending Oklahoma State University? What the fuck? Javelin. Okay. You know the big spear looking thing? I know what a javelin is. Then you throw it and it goes, wee. I like when they shove the. the, Like when they shove the tip in the ground? No, 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 no. When they show like the the little people throwing it. It's like a toothpick. toothpick. (laughs) Uh, Male or female? Male. Male. Country artist. I'm going to say. Okay, one more hint. Is it a newer or older? Older. Hank Williams. Garth Brooks. You know what? I don't see it. I don't find that hard to believe. Oklahoma State. Garth Brooks. I got nothing against Garth Brooks. He's okay. He's good. He has really fun life. Um, let's see here. Had a good one. Where did it go? Snap, crackle, pop. Oh, okay. What year was the first Batman comic released? Nineteen. Or published, I guess, would be the technical word. 1940. 1940. 1939. Oh my God. <laughs> I was thinking Superman was the one that came out in the 30s. I thought Batman was like the very beginning of the 40s. 39. So I kind of knew what I was talking about a little bit there. Yeah. Damn, one year off, man. One year off. Okay. I know who invented it. Bob King. Yes, sir. I mean... There's some disputes and stuff, you know, asking ask certain people. but Kind of like who made Itchy and Scratchy. Oh, okay. So Megan bought off uh, BarkBox. They were like those little squeaky tennis balls, mm-hmm. but they're Itchy and Scratchy. Oh, that's cool. Because they have like a, a Simpsons collab, and they have like Homer Chew toys and stuff. Oh, and like that's a duff. Maybe you should get Ash something like that, like a Homer or something. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our beer review. I mean, or our lemonade review. This is the part of the show where we discuss four different components of a beer and give it a rating out of five. A rating of three or above gets a one bourbon, one scotch, two beards, seal of approval. And let's start off with our can design. Now, off the bat, this can stands out. It does. A lot of yellow. A lot of yellow and white, and there's a little bit of green there. Got a... A rocking, peaceful lemon. lemon. Yeah, it's a lemon. It's like a, almost like a. It looks like he's doing the 42 skidoo. What's the planner's guy, Mr. Peanut? Like, yeah, it's a poor man's Mr. Peanut. It's a poor man's a Mr. Lemon. Peanut, but it's a lemon. He needs a monocle, though. Um, that, He's, he's kind of cool. He's a little cute little character, but. 
the character, I mean, the can, if if you're shopping for beers, like this one will definitely stand, stand out. out. Like you can definitely spot this one. So they did really good on the packaging. I don't mind the can. It looks like something you would drink during the summer. Absolutely. Um, the aroma, which when we first cracked open that first one, I instantly smelled it. Yeah. It smelled like lemon. Smells a little bit like Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yeah. And I love Mike's Hard Lemonade. It tastes like more like real lemon to me. I think I would agree. It's got a little bit of more of a sour to it. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, being sour, the taste. Taste is, I'll tell you what, it kind of puts me in mind of a margarita. Yeah, put this on some ice. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, you can put a hard lemonade over yeah. ice. There, yeah. yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no rules to drinking it, so. You know, I've seen some weird things where I've seen people put ice in their beer, and that's just, mm-hmm. don't seem right to me. I've done it because I've gotten, like, really, like, lukewarm beer, so I got some ice to put in there. They have those little things that you could put into a bottle of beer that keeps it cold, mm. and you can still drink out of it. I've seen that. Those are a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, the taste is really good. I, I honestly really enjoy this. This would be something good on a hot summer day. Yeah, I'd like to try it over ice now. Yeah, me too. Maybe slip a little tequila into it. Oh, yeah. You know, why not, right? Yeah. Put a lime in it. Oh, yeah. A little bit of salt. Got a margarita. There you go. Um, the aftertaste, I don't have any aftertaste. Like, no, it's... A little bit of lemon in the back, but not nothing bad. Like I it's said, refreshing. It reminds me of a margarita. All right, um, you want to go ahead and say what you give it? I'm going to give it a 4.25. A 4.25, all right. Add that in there. Um, it does, I, I'm always going to be a Mike's Hard guy. Like I think that's, I love Mike's Hard Lemonade. But this one's really good. This one smells good, it tastes good. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. 8.25 divided by 2 is... 4.12. Which means. Hit him with it. 50 West Burger Bars Hard Lemonade. <laughs> Couldn't read that. Gets the one bourbon, one scotch, two beers. Seal of approval. Seal of approval. All right, Ryan. I think it's been a pretty good episode. I agree. Um, definitely left it open for a sequel. But before we get out of here, of course, bless everybody with our socials. Yes. One bourbon, one scotch, two beards on Facebook, at two beards pod on Instagram, at one beards on Twitter, and one, one bird. Sound like Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Two beards pod at gmail.com. All right, guys, until next time, you've been listening to One Bourbon, One Scotch, Two Beers. My name is Daniel, and this is Ryan. Yo. And we will catch you next time. Next time.